Welcome to the Productivity Show by Asian Efficiency, helping you do more and be better. And now here's your host, Zachary Sexton. Hey everyone, this is actually not Zachary Sexton. This is Mike Schmitz filling in for Zachary, who is in the middle of an epic road trip. Right now, as I record this, I believe he's actually in Portland, Oregon, getting ready for the World Domination Summit. So I am stepping in and I want to talk to you in this episode about some productive parenting hacks. Productive parenting is one of the biggest topics we get asked about at Asian Efficiency. And I am uniquely qualified in that I have four small children at home. I have four boys who are seven, five, three, and one. So I've had to overcome a lot of additional challenges in order to still be productive and get my work done. Because as much as I would love to just spend every waking moment with those guys and with my wife, uh, I can't obviously do that. There are certain things, certain responsibilities I have, Asian efficiency being one of them, that I just can't walk away from. And I'm sure you're in a similar position if you're a parent, where you can't just walk away from your job, your work responsibilities. Maybe you have service responsibilities, or you're involved with your church like I am, and there's certain things that you have to do. You have to be able to balance all of this stuff. So I'm going to share with you today 13 productive parenting hacks to help you free up more time and spend it with the people that mean the most to you, which is your family. Uh, Before we get into that, though, I just want to outline a few of the challenges because as a parent, you have some very unique challenges. You have a lot of extra duties and responsibilities. When you have kids, you're now responsible for more people and you have more things that you have to juggle. You've got more plates spinning and you have to get better at managing your limited resources because you don't get more time even though you have more responsibilities, okay? And so with that backdrop, here are the four big challenges that parents face when it comes to being productive, planning, actually getting things done. Number one, uh, you've got lots of distractions and interruptions, Okay, if you have kids at home, you know that your kids are going to do crazy stuff and they're going to interrupt your workday if you if you actually work from home. All right. Uh, It's not uncommon. These things have actually happened in in our house where someone will come up and say, Mom, Johnny pooped on the floor or Dad, Malachi fell down the stairs. Okay, Uh, these things are going to happen and you have to be able to just kind of roll with the punches. You have to be able to adapt and you have to still be able to when when you when you're done dealing with the situation, regain your focus and get clicked in to that state of flow and actually get things done again. So that's the first uh, first challenge. The second challenge is an irregular schedule. So in addition to balancing your own schedule, you now have school responsibilities, you have soccer practice, for example. Uh, If you have boys like I do, trips to the ER are not uncommon. Um, It's been said, actually, that the hardest part of bringing up boys is keeping them alive, and I can vouch for that. Because boys think that jumping off the roof with an umbrella for a parachute is a perfectly logical exercise. The third challenge is that you have to deal with a lack of sleep and all the parents are saying amen (laughs) because uh, you get to decide when you go to bed, but you don't necessarily get to decide when you get up. Okay. And actually 
sometimes you don't even get to decide about when you go to bed. Uh, if somebody's sick, you're up with them. Uh, if you have an infant and they're crying in the middle of the night, you're getting up with them. Uh, one of my friends said one time, forgive me if I'm a bit on edge. I haven't slept well for the last five years. And as a parent now, I can totally relate to that. Uh, but there are certain things that you can do in order to make bedtime easier. And there are certain techniques that you can use to maximize the amount of sleep and the quality of the sleep that you do get. Okay, so things like making sure that you're not looking at your uh, iPad or your iPhone or a computer screen right before you go to bed, that blue light actually causes your body to cease creating the melatonin chemical, which actually helps you fall asleep. So sometimes we handicap ourselves because we're always checking our Facebook or checking our Twitter or liking photos on Instagram uh, whenever we have a spare moment after the kids go to bed when really it'd be better if we just you know read a book or something like that where we're not staring at these screens. All right, the fourth challenge is that we have too much to do and we don't have enough time to do it in. This is the biggest one. How in the world are you going to be able to do everything that you need to do? How in the world are you going to balance work, family, hobbies, recreation, service, etc. All these things that are demanding your time. As a parent, the tendency is to try and keep all those plates spinning, but there is going to be a point where you just can't keep up anymore. There is going to be a point where you have to say no to some things. All right, And that's where the goal of balance comes in. I'm not going to use the term work-life balance because if you're a parent, and especially if you work from home, there is no work-life balance. You are just surrounded by life, and it is your job to balance all of this stuff. And even if you, ha even if you go to a 9-to-5 and you go to an office uh, to work, um, these are independent systems, work, home, school, whatever, but they're also codependent systems. Okay, Your boss may not care if you have personal things that you have to take care of or vice versa. Your kids won't care if you have a project that you need to finish before a client meeting in the morning. They just want to play Legos or go outside and play baseball or, or whatever. And so you have to be able to balance all of these things. You have to be able to not get overstressed and overtired. You have to remain cool, calm, and, and collected. And so what I want to do in, in this podcast episode is just share some of the, the keys and the par productive parenting hacks that I've found along the way that have helped eliminate some of the friction in the day-to-day -day stuff, okay? Because ultimately, what you want to do as a parent is you want to focus on the things that are important. You don't want to react to the things that are urgent. There are always going to be things that are urgent, okay? Your boss is going to tell you, hey, did you look at that email that I sent you five minutes ago? But that's not what you're going to remember in 20 years when your kids are grown up. You're going to remember the time that you cut out of work early so that you could go get ice cream or whatever. You get the idea. All right. Those are the things that life is, is really all about. And so uh, what I want to do is I want to share some of these productive parenting hacks to help you create more moments like that. Okay. The first productive parenting hack, hack that I have for you is to disconnect. All right. And that sounds pretty simple, but really all it is, is being fully present wherever you are. So when it's time for you to work, get to work. But then when it's time for you to come home and it's time for you to be with your family, it's time for you to play, make sure that you play. Okay. Make sure that you're not thinking about that email or the client meeting in the morning, that you're fully present 
you're whatever you're doing, wherever you are, you're all in, you're all there. Okay. Because more time at home, which is really the goal as a parent, you want to be around the people that mean the most to you. Okay. More time at home isn't really worth anything. If you're always preoccupied with work the whole time you're there. Okay. And I've been there. I've been in that situation where my wife has called me out and said, you know, you, you were here tonight for several hours, which was great, but you weren't really here. You were thinking about other things. What, what was going on? Okay. You need to be able to disconnect. You need to be able to create these firm boundaries. All right. So work stays at work. Uh, home stays at home. Uh, school stays at school. And the better you can define those, those boundaries and you can, that the better you're going to be able to focus on the thing that you're doing at the moment. Okay. And the more that you're able to focus on one single thing, actually the more productive you're going to be when you try to multitask, when you try to juggle all this stuff, it actually has a weight on your subconscious and you can't really focus intently on any one thing. And as a result, you're not as, uh, you, you don't do as good a job in that one activity, whatever it happens to happens to be. And the truth of the matter is that the world isn't going to end if you don't respond to that work email the second it comes in. All right. So when your phone goes off, and you're at home playing with your kids, resist the temptation to check your inbox and respond to that email. Even if you only think it'll take a, a few seconds, just don't even go there. It'll be fine if you just wait till the morning. The second productive parenting hack I have for you is uh, kind of, we talked about this a little bit already, is to clearly define your barriers. All right, And basically, you have to make the decision about what is really important to you. And then you have to fight and protect what is important to you. You can't allow other people to create your world. Somebody said one time that if you allow others to create your world, they'll always make it too small. So you have to decide the things that are important to you, and then you have to fight to protect them. You have to be militant about it. Okay, because if you have a, a job where you have a, an overbearing boss who's throwing stuff at you all the time, you need to be able to disconnect. You can't let him interrupt dinner time or let her interrupt uh, playing with your kids. And you can't let them have that door into that private sanctuary of your life where they can just steal your joy and your focus and your attention from the people who crave it so much as a parent. All right, the third productive parenting hack I have for you is to always prep your kids. And basically what this means is that you always let them know what to expect. So for example, uh, one of the things we do at our house is we limit the amount of screen time that my kids have. They get to play iPad for about 30 minutes a day and we always give them a five minute warning. And that five minute warning gives them time to wrap up what they're doing, turn the iPad off, and hand it to us. We never just take it from them and say, okay, you're done. Uh, usually when we do that, they get very upset. But we've discovered that if you give them a warning and you prepare them for what is about to happen, then you set them up for success. And my wife does this too. She does the grocery shopping in our family. She'll tell the kids exactly what's going to happen. She'll say, okay, we're going to get in the car. We're going to go to the grocery store. We're going to get out. We're going to hang on to the cart. You guys are going to be good listeners. We're going to get this, this, and this. We're not going to get this, this, and this. And then we're going to go home. 
and she outlines the perfect trip to the grocery store. And then she executes it. And she gets comments all the time from people who say, wow, your kids are so well-behaved. Well, it's because she's prepared them. She's explained to them exactly how this is going to go. So when they get to the grocery store, they have expectations of everything going well. They have expectations of we're going to do this. We're going to follow this plan that mom has laid out for us, a vision, if you want to call it that. Uh, and then it, it just makes things so much easier. Number four is to use a weekly menu. This is kind of along the same lines. And this is great if you have picky eaters. But if you, if you use a weekly menu and you write it down and you put it up like in the middle of your kitchen, we have ours up in our kitchen uh, where we have the dinner menu for the entire week. And this changed everything when it came to dinner time. Uh, parents know that dinner time can be a mighty struggle, especially if you have picky eaters. We have a couple picky eaters. But something magical happened when we started using a weekly menu. Uh, the people who would raise a fuss and wouldn't eat because they wanted something else, as soon as we wrote down what we were going to have for dinner for the entire week, all of those fights and all of those arguments stopped. Okay, And it didn't happen overnight. It took a little bit. But now our five-year-old in particular, he's the, the pickiest eater of, of all of them, uh, he every single meal pretty much was a battle. But now he'll go in the middle of the day, look at the schedule, and say, "Oh, we're gonna have, you know, chicken for dinner." And then when we get chicken and he wanted pizza, he doesn't even care. He do doesn't even, that thought doesn't even enter his mind. He's completely happy because he's got structure, he's got order, he's got the plan laid out in front of him. Uh, and I believe that this is not just unique to my family; that this could work for any family. So I want to share that tip with you. Uh, number five is the okay to wake alarm clock. This has been a game changer in my house. And basically what it does is it's one of those clocks that, that lights up and it lights up yellow most of the time. And then when you set the alarm, uh, the, you can set it so that when the alarm goes off, it doesn't actually make noise, but it changes color. So it'll change from yellow to green. And the green is the visual cue that, yes, it is okay now to get up. We have ours set for 7 a.m. So nobody gets up before 7 a.m. No one gets up uh, before the clock turns green. And they know that now. It's taken a while to enforce that and establish that, that habit, that ritual. But now it's, it's pretty much like clockwork, pardon the pun. Um, and what that does is it creates a couple extra hours for my wife and I where we can actually get some of our most important tasks done. If you've listened to this podcast for a while, you know we've talked about eating your frog. Your frog is your most important task. And it comes from the Mark Twain saying that if you do, uh, if you eat a frog first thing in the morning, it's the worst thing that's going to happen to you that day. If you do your most important tasks first, then no matter what else happens, you've had a productive day. Things are going to go great from that point on. And if I can have two hours at the beginning of the day to get my most important tasks done, I'm going to make some serious. Uh, I'm going to make some serious progress on those most important tasks before anybody else even gets up. So that has been great, and it's also uh, caused people to not be as crabby because they are getting more rest. Okay, they'll get, they'll get up before seven a.m. and they'll go to the bathroom, but they know that they have to go back in their bed after that. All right, number six 
is uh, what we call a chore chart app. And this is an iPad app that actually tracks the chores that our kids do. So when they complete a chore, they check it off on the iPad app and they get stars for the task that they did. And then as they accumulate more stars, they actually can cash those in. And all of this is customizable. So you put in your, your chores, you put in the amount of stars they're worth, and then you put in the payouts. And what we did is we made the payouts much more valuable as you wait. So for example, uh, 30 stars will get you a very small reward. A thousand stars will get you a really big reward. And it's exponentially bigger. Uh, what we do is we are teaching, what we're doing is we're teaching our kids the power of compound interest. And this is something we really hammer home at Asian Efficiency in our rituals program is the power of those small actions done over and over and over again. What they do is they compound and they actually get you much further. If you're just consistent in the little things for a while, uh, you'll find yourself getting really, really far towards your goals. And so we're teaching our kids that even though they don't understand what a ritual is, even though they don't really understand what a habit is yet, they're, they're, most of them are too young to understand that concept. They understand that if they wait and they don't react to the instant gratification, they're able to get a lot bigger uh, payouts. And actually, uh, two of my boys, the oldest two, saved for about six months and they finally cashed out. They got enough money between the both of them to go buy this big Lego swamp police station that they've been wanting for a really long time. And I can't tell you how rewarding it was as a parent to take them into that store with the money that they'd earned, that they've been working towards for months it, to finally get them that, that toy that they've been saving for, that goal that they've been uh, shooting for. And they actually printed it out and they put it in their, their room. So they saw it every single day. They knew exactly what they were working towards. I thought that was great. We didn't even encourage that. They just wanted to do that. So um, that's, that's really cool. But the chore chart app, uh, basically gamifies the, uh, uh, the house cleaning process. So makes it fun and uh, uh, it makes it easy to track as well. All right, number seven is to use visual do not disturb cues. So this could be a lot of different things. It could be just headphones that you have on. For example, I heard a podcast recently where someone was talking about how they work from home and they don't even have a door on their office. And the interviewer was asking him how he got work done. And he said, basically, he has over-ear headphones that his kids know when those headphones are on, uh, daddy cannot be interrupted. But if the headphones are off, anything goes, basically. Um, so that could be something like that. It could be something like we've talked about the Philip Hue lights, which change color. Uh, for example, I have a, a, I'm recording this. In a, in a home office, so I could actually have put in a Philips Hue light, which I could change to red when I'm recording, so everybody knows, you know, don't use Netflix because Dad needs the bandwidth. Uh, we need to be quiet. We can't run around, and be crazy, no playing basketball in the, the hallway right outside the door, uh, things like that. There's another product I saw, which is a Bluetooth sign. It's called uh, Wired In, and the website is wearewired.in, and we'll have links to all this stuff in the show notes if you're interested in any of these products. But the point is that you have something somewhere that clearly indicates that you're working and you can't be disturbed. It goes back to creating those boundaries again. Okay, so the visual cues help reinforce those boundaries. 
Number eight is to use screen time strategically. Like I mentioned earlier, we limit the amount of time that our kids can spend playing video games on the iPad because we've found that they get crabby when they play it a lot. But if you have something that you need to get done, it's okay, perfectly okay to save a screen time for that you know, half hour or hour where you really need to focus or you have the client meeting. Just don't use it as a babysitter. And then another thing that we do, this is getting into number nine, uh, teach them the right way to use that technology. It's not just a babysitter. It's not just for video games. We actually are teaching our kids the right way to use the technology to create things. So for example, one of the things that we do is we sit down at the iMac, me and my boys, and we actually create songs in GarageBand. Uh, we also subscribe to a service called BitsBox. I'll put the link in the show notes. But this is basically a box that comes once a month, and it has all these activities that you can do. Uh, there's coloring books and things like that. There's also computer-based activities, which teach kids the fundamentals of code. I think this is such a great idea because coding is the skill that is most sought after in today's workplace. And I personally believe my kids, if I want to teach them these sorts of skills, because these are the skills I want to teach them to think a little bit different. You know, I work for Asian efficiency. It's a little bit different lifestyle. I don't have a, you know, a nine to five anymore. And one of the things I had to do was kind of shift how I thought about uh, my work day. Okay. I want my kids to understand that you don't just have to go do the normal thing that uh, normal, a lot of times can, can be boring. And if you have a normal job, this is not putting you down. Okay. But I want my kids to know that there are other options available, that it's not just what they see sitting in a desk at a public school every day. We're actually homeschooling our kids, at least for now, because we want to instill in them this foundation where they just question everything and they start to see that there are a whole lot of options out there, options that didn't even exist even five years ago. All right, number 10 is a service called Kirby, C-U-R-B-I, and that website is kirby.com. This is a service that actually limits the amount and type of internet activity that's in your home, and it is $6.99 a month, but I think this is a great service for anybody with kids. Basically, it's parental controls on steroids. So in addition to blocking certain types of internet activity, you can actually set schedules so you could actually turn off all internet activity between the hours of 5 and 7, for example, uh, Monday through Friday, and call that dinner time. Or you could, call, you could turn off all access to um, anything but Wikipedia or you know, educational sites that you've identified for homework time. All right, so you get the idea. You create all these custom rules, and uh, it just really enforces good internet habits and also internet safety, um, but it goes across every device in your uh, in your home. You can set up iPods, iPhones, iPads, computers, everything to be to be going through this this service. So I recommend this for anybody with kids. Uh, number eleven is to use anything you can to communicate the vision. All right, uh, I mentioned earlier the chore chart app and how we're using that to teach the compound effect to our kids because they're not going to understand the power of compound interest if I try to explain it to them like that. They're not going to understand rituals as we explain it in the rituals product here at Asian Efficiency. But they do understand that if I cash out as soon as I do a chore, I get a really small reward. But if I 
don't, if I don't go for the instant gratification and instead I just continually do what I'm supposed to be doing day in, day out for uh, several months in, in the example, the scenario that I shared with you earlier, that that's going to have a huge reward. That's going to be a huge payout. So I think that sort of thing is, is uh, those, those sorts of teachable moments are really important as parents. You have to be able to recognize those things and you have to be able to use them to teach your kids the vision about where you want to go as a family, what you want to be, who you want to be, who you want to be, what you want to be about. Uh, I shared in a previous episode, I'll put the link to it in the show notes, about um, my family actually created a Schmitz family mission statement and it's five statements about who we want to be. And, and basically it everything that we do, all the decisions that my wife and I make as we lead our family, they're framed around those five statements, which define who we are, what we're going to be about. And I encourage you to do the same sort of thing for your family, because that really solidifies, yes, this is where we're going. It provides a focal point in this maze called life where you're trying to get to a specific goal, a specific destination. And that focal point is kind of like a tree in a hedge maze where you can identify, yeah, that's by the exit. That's what we're moving towards. And then everything else just kind of is is everything else you do. All the other decisions that you make are made in the context of, is it moving us towards that goal? All right. Number 12 is to present a united front. All right. So if you have a spouse or significant other, it's really important that you're on the same page, especially in front of your kids. You want to eliminate the mom said this or dad said that. You have to be pulling in the same direction. Uh, We've shared in other episodes about the two horse rule, which basically says that if one horse can pull, let's say, 300 pounds, uh, two horses you would think could pull 600 pounds, but actually when they pull together, it's something more like 900 pounds. And the validity of that specific statement, I'm sure it can be debated, but the concept cannot the concept there is truth in that concept where if you are both pulling in the same direction if you're both moving in the same direction you can get much more done because of that power of agreement okay and that's why having a vision having a mission statement for your family is so important because what it does is it it puts that marker out there saying that's what we're going to pull together towards all right and then number 13 Uh, The last one here, never make a threat you're not willing to follow through on. Kids are very observant. They remember if you break your promises. So if you say something like, knock it off or I'll turn this car around, you better be willing to turn the car around. Uh, What happens when you say that sort of stuff and you don't follow through on those threats is it negates the effectiveness of the vision that you're trying to communicate. Because in your kid's mind, they don't distinguish between the positive and the negative. All they know is that last time you didn't do what you said, so you must not have meant it. And then that puts in that seed of doubt where now they're questioning everything that you say. So don't undermine your own authority and don't make those threats that you're not willing to follow through on. All right, so those are my parenting hacks. Uh, I hope you got a lot out of those. If you're interested in more productivity techniques, we actually do have a free hour-long training and 20-minute Q&A. If you're interested in learning the most effective strategies about how to get results in the information age, this is going to be perfect for you. 
And it's not specifically parenting advice like we were talking about in this episode. This is going to be very general advice that you could apply to any situation. And Zach is actually the host of that workshop. It's geared towards knowledge workers, which are people like you who solve problems for a living and would be more successful if they could just focus more of their energy and attention on specific problems. So that's what this workshop is really designed to help you do. And if you want to sign up for this, all you got to do is go to theproductivityshow.com slash workshop. All right. So again, that's theproductivityshow.com slash workshop. And alternatively, you can also text the word TPS to 38470. So if you text the word TPS to the number 38470, you're going to be asked to enter your email and then your name. So that way we can send a personalized invite right to your inbox and you can hold your spot in the productivity workshop. All right, so that's it. I hope you enjoyed today's episode, 13 Productive Parenting Hacks. Zach will be back next week. Uh, if you would, we'd love it if you'd leave us a, a iTunes rating and review. That really helps us out. It tells more people about the show. So uh, if you could go ahead and do that, we'd be really grateful. And we'll catch you next time.